Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101. This is Matthew Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about ICOs, SEC, IPOs, and token sales. Yeah, that's a lot. And I don't think this is going to be a short episode. Before we get started, I'm just going to jump right into it. But before I do jump right into it, I want to say thank you again for my artwork from at Coin Cryptology. They did all the artwork and brushed it up for me. I want to say thank you. That was super appreciated. And their links are also in my description. Um, as well as my links and all of the research that I've done. Okay, not all of the research, but some key points of the research I've done for this episode. And I think there's probably about a half a dozen links. So this, let's walk through a very, very general making an ICO and it's an, a scenario. And I'm going to use uh, Open Annex or OAX as an example because I was following them from their token sale until now. And I actually own some of their, their tokens. First, an ICO is a crowdsource funding campaign. It's no different than, say, Kickstarter or GoFundMe. It's a company that comes together, has an idea, creates a team, and says, good idea, let's raise money, and let's do this project. For Open Annex, for example, they have a really good team, uh, supposedly. They check out. They do travel all over, all over. I think they're in London today or this week trying to promote this decentralized platform. I'm not promoting uh, OAX. Uh, I'm just saying what they do. And um, they are, you know, working on this. But as of right now, they don't have a product. They have an idea. Their idea is a decentralized exchange. So kind of like Bittrex, but not, you know, in the hands of Bittrex, in the hands of everyone. People say it's going to shake up the industry. Let's, let's see. So first you come with this idea. I don't know if you remember the Kickstarter campaign for the phone blocks. And it was this phone that you could take apart and adjust based off of the needs that you might have. So, for example, you, you know, maybe not, you don't need a good camera or a good processor, but you do need a good battery. You could pop in a little camera or no camera at all. You can change your battery to a huge battery and a, you know, a HD screen. So the idea was amazing. And they raised a lot of money for it. I think they actually got bought by Motorola at the time. But they didn't have a product either. They had an idea. And a coin offering is the same thing. It's just a crowdfunding campaign using cryptocurrency. So, for example, OAX. They sent out emails and they created a website and they got their team together and they put their bios up. And then they sent emails that says, okay, we're going to do our initial coin sale or initial token offering. And the first people can buy in x amount of tokens for one f i think it was something like 400 plus tokens for one f and um that's basically how it goes so they would take the f the ethereum raise their funds from that and give you their tokens in return now of course their tokens going to be of value because of all the f that's invested and you know the more people are going to invest now that's on the exchanges as of right now the, the price is going up and they're getting more instant liquidity to those to their to their project and we all hope that they're doing what they're doing because that goes to first big point is an ico or a token sale is pretty much unregulated now the regulations are from country to country the united states if you say it's an ico because of just a ruling the other day you are probably going to be thought of as a security 
it is a security. These coins or these this token sale is going to be securities. However, if you're just doing a token sale, it could be just crowdfunding, which are considered donations. There are no real rules for donations. So there's this vague gray area in the cryptocurrency world right now about how an ICO or a token sale is being considered. And that's going to change globally. And I, and I assume you're going to see uh, people moving their token sales or ICOs from different countries to country based off of the laws in, in said country if they're not doing that already. So now that they raise their funds, they have instant liquidity in their hands to start developing this project. Before that they started selling these tokens, they did have a goal. We want to reach X amount of money in X amount of time. If you do not do that, your money will be refunded to you more, more than likely. And they will not go ahead with their project because they didn't reach the funds that they deemed necessary to start their project and launch it successfully. OEX did, so therefore they're moving forward. Now that brings us to what's the difference between a, an ICO and a token sale? Okay, first, as we just mentioned, it is the legality of it. It's just the, the wording. It's, are you an ICO, which brings up ideas of IPO? And if you're bringing ideas of IPO into people, you're, you're giving the idea of the company did their due diligence. They are transparent. The government or a governing body knows about their actions. And they are an existing company with a product that is now going into the market that has been tried and true. And there, this process for an IPO is months and maybe even years sometimes of going through said process to make sure that they are going to be compliant and able to deliver what they said they're going to deliver. That's a huge thing if it's going to be called an ICO or a token sale. Most people go for token sale because it is a crowdfunding campaign. Now, an ICO is just a crowdfunding campaign. It is a, their, their coin might not be their base product. The coin of an ICO could just be a clone rebranded. For example, Bitcoin. It could be Bitcoin, rebranded, whatever coin. I'm going to do an whatever coin ICO. It has no intrinsic you know, technological value or it's not adding anything or innovating anything. And their platform or their base model for their company is not based off this token. This token, I'm sorry, this coin. This coin is, is a tool for raising funds. Basically what it is, it's a fund generator. However, a token is a, a better legal term to use so it doesn't raise all these red flags of uh, securities and, and legalities and due diligence. It's just a crowdfunding campaign. But a token also kind of implies that their core business is going to be based off a certain token. And this token can have value. And this value of the token is in its tech it's innovation. If it's smart contracts, if it's lightning network or atomic swaps or, or SegWit or blah, 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 whatever they're doing or something that's, you know, innovating and changing the market like Ethereum did, this is, this is what they're doing. And that's more of implied with a token. Now, all, now this is not all the cases. And this is why, you know, investing in an ICO or, or a token sale is some due diligence you really have to look into to see where they're going for it or what they're going for. But that's kind of the distinction the market is making at this moment. Now, why would a company do an ICO? Well, like we keep saying, it is unregulated. So the pros, it gives you know companies that otherwise would not have the opportunity to raise such capital 
it allows them the opportunity to raise capital without going through the rigmarole or it just opens them up to a huge community that they wouldn't have access to otherwise a high return on investment is a huge pro for an ICO for investors and for the company if you fail you fail but you can see ICOs typically make 500% 1000% from where they originally started when they were just you know an ICO when they just were doing their first token sale it's it's fun by the way it's super fun to follow a company from ICO all the way up until you know you you finally cash out or you see the company become something that's huge it's amazing but the cons are are also big with any boom with any kind of new tech before we figure out what we can do to protect people because we don't want people to get screwed because there's people there to cheat you and they're really good at it and so fraud and these bad actors are to be found in the land of ICOs they're all over the place um there's been and you know what there's just incompetence as well if you guys can see uh i think it was just this week a couple of days ago enigma enigma coin they're just blatant incompetence got i think a five hundred thousand dollars stolen from their ico another con is of course lack of transparency and the no regulation again is a pro and a con it's pro because all these people are able to come out and do an ico and raise funds and the con is a lot of people get screwed so how do people protect or how do countries how does the usa protect uh ipos and, and investors well, that is the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission. And the Security and Exchange Commission is an independent federal government agency responsible for protecting investors, maintaining fair and orderly functioning of securities markets. What is a security? A security is a negotiable financial instrument that holds some monetary value. It represents an ownership position in a publicly traded corporation via a stock, a creditor relationship with a government body, or a corporation uh, represented by owning that entity's bond, or its rights to ownership represented in an option. The SEC was created by Congress in 1934 as the first federal regulator of the securities market. The SEC promotes full public disclosure, protects investors against fraudulent and manipulative practices in the market, and monitors corporate takeover actions in the United States. So all of that I just said for an IPO, or a publicly traded company in the United States, an ICO has none of that. And it's just recently that the United States said that this may be, not not is, but may be a securities question. So let's just say you're going to do an IPO. And let's just say an ICO is like an IPO. What do you need to do to make your ICO go ICO if it were an IPO? You have to first conduct legal and business due diligence. And this has to be, of course, documented and presented to the SEC. You have to review and finalize plans with respect to the corporate structure and capitalization changes and draft applicable documents review. You have to finalize and draft equity plans. You have to have executive employment arrangements. You have to have board committee charters. You have to file the registration statement with the SEC. And you have to have a listing agreement with a selected exchange or NASDAQ. And that's only the first one to eight weeks. That's just like the, the beginning. And all this is on the uh, SEC website. It's like a step-by-step brochure of how to get your IPO listed in the United States 
and go through this process. I have the link in the description. Check it out. It's kind of interesting. But an ICO has none of that. And yes, going IPO is a pain. Your 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 books, your finances, your structure, your your everything is combed through by the government to make sure you're a proper company. Now, Forbes actually just recently, I think a couple of days ago, released an article called Forbes Guide to ICOs. And the link is in the description again. And they have three points of what you need for an ICO. So you're going ICO. First, you need to have the tech. You, <laughs> they have an article with this. I'm not going to read what's in it. But you need the tech. The second is legal registration. And I am going to read this. They say it's best to call the fundraising instrument a token issuance. Instead of an ICO, it helps convey the message to potential investors that it's not an IPO. At the end of the day, it's all about descriptions. And we discussed this a little bit before. And the third thing on their list is marketing and investor relations. There are four things under this. The first one is team comes first. Four anonymous people with no credibility just doesn't work. And you do see this with a couple of uh, new coins out there. And I am going to point out there's an HCC coin. It's called Health Chain Coin, Health Chain Coin out of China. And their website sucks. There's fuzzy pictures of their <laughs> of their core team. There's only three dudes. There's really no substance to it. Um, there's shitty hospitals that they're trying to make a blockchain to handle patient information. And it sucks. Well, their marketing sucks. And I don't even know if this core team exists. Uh, community. Is there community and excitement for the project? Uh, number three is advisors. It's important to have a project that has advisors that is well-respected and known in the industry. Um, and the fourth one is the roadshow. This means attending conferences for four to six months, targeting North America, Asia, Europe at minimum. And you could see that in some of, in for example, like we were talking about OAX. They're all over uh, Asia and they're just heading to London today or yesterday or tomorrow. One of these couple of days. And they're really promoting their idea and you get to meet this core team. Now, has there been successful ICOs? Oh, yeah. Gullum is a successful ICO. First Blood, Quantum, and of course, the most famous, Ethereum. And OAX actually is going strong. Again, their platform is, or their idea for their decentralized exchange is quite interesting, quite amazing. I think it will shake things up. And they do have some of the uh, things that we're looking for out of a team marketing tech at least the ideas there, their platform is going to go um, alpha in second quarter of 2018. So I'm very excited about that project. With that said, there's been a lot of failures too. And there is actually a little bit of dirt on Quantum itself about the founders. And that link is in my description as well. And it's about uh, Patrick Dye and one of the other uh, co-founders of Quantum and how they might have been a little bit scammy or a little bit dodgy in the past with their other projects. But read the article and, you know, judge for yourself. The link is in the description. And that actually comes to about the end of what an ICO is, what an IPO is, what securities are, and what is a token sale. I think I touched on the basics of each of them, but let me just sum it up right now. An ICO, it's crowdfunding. People have a project they say, I have a good idea. They have a team and they either do it professionally or they don't. 
and they ask people for money. And they send them money by exchanging their tokens or their coin for a proven coin out there, usually Ethereum or Bitcoin. And now an ICO is going to be coming out with NEO. A token is more of a legality. You don't want to be called an ICO, especially in the States, because, you know, the SEC is going to come down and, you know, slap it on and be like, hey, yo, you're a security. And people don't want that. People don't want that, you know, pressure, especially if you're trying to scam people. You don't want, you know, anybody looking too close at you. Uh, but a token is, you know, just a legality. It's a, it, it takes the pressure off of being called an ICO or, and being linked to an IPO and a security and thought of as more of a crowdfunding donation-based campaign. Um, an IPO, as we all know, is an initial public offering and you have to go through the SEC and a shit ton of work and validation and due diligence and transparency uh, to get this to get this uh, an IPO off the ground. And the SEC of course is overseeing that IPO and not overseeing an ICO yet or a token sale. Now of course I have my two cents to put at the end of this. And my my opinion of an ICO is that I would love for this to stay a little wild westy. I like it. I live in Asia. I like Asia because it is a little wild westy. However, do like security. I do like decentralized ideas of decentralized if if it's exchanges or decentralized currency and even decentralized governance. And I feel that an ICO and the crypto market or blockchain market industry needs to regulate themselves because if you don't regulate yourself the government or governments will do it themselves then if crypto or blockchain starts falling under governments it's going to be very hard to break away from those governments and i think that it's going to take a group collective of all of crypto brands and blockchain and and all these people together to form their own government and their own government isn't shouldn't be like the SEC comes in and says we need to treat treat this ICO as what the United States government says or the Chinese government or what whatever it should be governed by a decentralized government by the people by the users by me by you by you know whoever's involved and we have voting rights and i think that there should be a, a people that are on sitting on the directors or the board to monitor and regulate ICOs and there should be a constitution to blockchain written up and there should be laws to create a new coin or an ICO and those laws should be in a smart contract and those laws should be on the blockchain and those an ICO that complies with those laws that are on the blockchain that are unchangeable that everybody sees and if we do want to change them or amend them we can vote on them and we vote on them how the blockchain and if people are sitting on the board to help monitor the ICOs and these other issues that are arising within the cryptocurrency world that their positions and the responsibilities are also in the blockchain and that we create this ecosystem that lives without government without these centralized 
bodies or these enter entities and we distribute it through the people and the users. And okay, that kind of sounds like, you know, again, it might be the same thing. It might be a democracy. It might be, there's slippery slope arguments for each way. But I cannot see the Wild West maintaining and being the Wild West for long. I cannot see that a industry is going to grow to 140 billion as it is in today to a trillion dollars without some people or some governments really cracking down and figuring out how they're going to be a part of this and how they're going to regulate it. And I think that if regulation is exists outside of government and it protects everyone and it is responsible, and not only is it responsible and it is existing outside of a government, it's encoded in the blockchain, it has its own constitution, it has its own regulations and laws that are voted on via the blockchain, decentralized, that it's very hard for a government to step in and say, well, now we want to regulate it because you can't. You can't. It's already regulated. And you have no say. And if you what? And it's not, I'm going to go ICO in the United States. I'm going to go ICO on the blockchain. I'm going to go ICO wherever I have a computer, wherever I want to. If it's on the space station or if it's in Antarctica or in China or, or what have you, I'm going to do it and I'm going to register with the governing body of the blockchain, of the governing body of the cryptocurrency and the United States government, the Fed, uh, the SEC or whoever or the Central Bank of China does not have the authority or the means to control. The only way that this is going to work is if cryptocurrency and people within the cryptocurrency world act fast and stop thinking about personal issues. Bitcoin bickering about splits and not splits and forks and segways is stupid. It's really stupid. Um, and all these cryptocurrencies that are worried about their own bottom line and, and really getting you know pumped and greedy about you know how much money they're making is going to keep us all f focused on the wrong things until these bodies of governance come in and start you know really cracking down. So I vote. And I'm not a tech guy, but I really think this is possible. I vote for Vitalik's and the Charlies um, and other people that want to be involved with the governance. Start writing these contracts. Start focusing on them in blockchain and start saying, if you're going to do an ICO and start talking to these exchanges and say, if you're going to do an ICO, if you're going to be on the exchange, if you're going to do this, the rules are the same, but you do have to follow these criteria. And these criteria is voted by everybody and it's decentralized, and these people sit on the board, and these people's board appointments are in contract that you can see on the blockchain. We're not going to change them. They can't be amended by Congress because they're <laughs> getting lobbied by you know the tobacco industry or you know the oil industry because we're all going to see that. We're all going to see these people there. They can't just stay on the board. So anyway, that's that's my thoughts on it. I think ICOs and this decentralized Wild Westism needs to continue. I like the possibilities that are set up out there already, but it will change if we don't create our own governance. And it's a, it's a cyber governance that lives outside of the established governance now. Anyway, thank you very much, uh, Matthew Aaron. You can find me on Twitter at crypto underscore underscore 101. Crypto 101 on Facebook, SoundCloud, and Tumblr. Again, I apologize for not doing much on uh, Facebook and Tumblr. Um, and I'm just posting most because a lot of my time just goes into making these uh, podcasts. 
you guys want to join the team, send me a send me a tweet or an email. My email is crypto.101 at outlook.com. Please send me an email. Say, hey, I want to do the research. Hey, I want to do the social media. Hey, I want to do XX, X, Y, or Z. Any questions or comments or anything is, of course, very much appreciated. Also, if you have original music, if you want to send it over and have a part of the podcast, send it over. And today's song is by Mark the Beast, X Akela. Song is called Covered in Roses. Got this one from Mr. Suicide Sheep Channel on YouTube. Check out this channel. It's dope, 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 dope. Anyway, thanks again, Matthew Aaron, Crypto 101. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.